Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Sunday, November 29th, marks the first week in the season of Advent in the liturgical church. Each week leading to Christmas Day, we focus on a single word. The words for each week of Advent are hope, peace, joy, and love. And this week's word is hope. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on the unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. This episode of Holy Shenanigans is called Hope, Feathers, and Homework. Welcome to a brand new year. Well, a church year, that is. The season of Advent is a time of spiritual preparation for the celebration of Christmas. And like I mentioned before, there is a theme to focus on in each week leading up to Christmas. It's time to open up our Advent calendars, fill them with chocolates, and start this season of waiting and anticipation. Traditionally speaking, churches have an Advent wreath that they use to celebrate this season. The Advent wreath is decorated with green tree branches and four candles for each week of Advent and one for Christmas Day. Each week, the light of Advent grows brighter and brighter with growing light and a focus on the theme. This week's Advent theme is one word, hope. The scripture reading for this week is found in the New Testament book of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. In this lesson, Jesus speaks a word of, you guessed it, hope, after a long and difficult time. Jesus speaks of a fig tree that grows shoots into new tender leaves that give the sign that summer has almost arrived. There is promise that the word of God will not pass away, but also a warning to stay awake. This call to stay awake reminds me of the collection of parables that we heard just a few weeks ago. 
In this week's lesson, there's even a story of a landowner going away on a long journey and the workers that need to keep alert for the landowner's return. This call to be alert to keep awake is centered in hope that the landowner, or more specifically Jesus in this case, will return. This week's gospel is about hope that does something. If you have ever had to wait in a long line, or even as a child, the long wait for Christmas morning, waiting and hoping, doesn't often feel active. In the waiting, we long for purpose. We don't want our time to be lost waiting on hold or waiting for our turn to put groceries on the checkout belt. But as I think about Jesus' words to stay awake while waiting, it makes me wonder, how can waiting be less passive and more active? How can waiting be hopeful? When it comes to hope, and as a fan of poetry, especially the work of Emily Dickinson, her poem, Hope is a Thing with Feathers. Dickinson's hope is an example of active hope, feathery hope centered in the soul, persistent in its wordless song, and willing to enter the ugliest storm. Dickinson heard her hope in the chilliest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity, it asked a crumb of me. Dickinson's hope seems to me to be quite the same hope of Jesus that calls us to stay awake, to keep watch, and never ever forget the persistent power of hope activated. This week's Holy Shenanigans story is called Hope, Feathers, and Homework. When I was in fourth grade, I started at a new school after my tiny one had been closed. My first few weeks in fourth grade were especially hard. After an academically light grade three, I was placed in the classroom of a teacher whom at the time I might have described as old-fashioned and tough. Her long gray hair was tied up into a tight bun. Her blouse buttoned up all the way to the top was always finished with a fancy brooch. Her plain skirts and comfortable shoes and her habit of passing out hours of homework made my placement in her class a big challenge. While I'd been a good student in the past, in this class there seemed to be so much for me to catch up on, so much so that I'd work on homework sheets and spelling assignments for about two hours a night. I was struggling. As time passed, I started to get used to this teacher that challenged me. It became the norm that her expectations were high, and I did my best to follow through. One day, Mrs. H told the class that our next English section focus would be about learning about poetry and learning to write poetry. I was excited. It was my first introduction to the work of Poe and Dickinson and Frost, and I loved it. Our first assignment was to write a descriptive poem about a person, place, or thing. For this assignment, we were given the freedom to choose one word, one thing to write about. And as soon as this assignment was given, I could not wait to start. I chose to write the poem about the color red, which was my favorite in grade four. And as I wrote this poem about the color red, the words flowed easily to the page. It was as if it was a natural thing for me. Could it be that this was homework? I would actually know what I was doing. The next day, I excitedly handed it in. The day dragged on as I waited for it to be graded and handed back to me just before recess. 
The rest of my classmates received their poems back, graded, but I hadn't received mine. I was sitting there anticipating at least a B. Maybe mine was so good she didn't want to show it to others. She dismissed the rest of the class to recess, but asked me to stay back. Once everyone had left, Mrs. H handed me back my graded paper. It was not a B. It was an F. An F? Why would I have an F? Mrs. H accused me of stealing the poem from another author. She said it was too good for a first try. Thanks a lot, Dickinson, for your hope and your feathers. I've been called a cheater, and I don't have recess. Look what your poem earned me, a big, red, pun intended, F. I sat there. I looked at the paper. I looked at Mrs. H. I looked back at that big red F on my poem. And these words escaped from my mouth. Give me another word. What? said Mrs. H. Give me another word. I'll try again. I'll write another descriptive poem right now. I'll prove to you that I can write a poem. Here I was, grade four Tara, digging deep in the midst of an academic storm. To this day, I'm not sure where that courage came from. And I don't even think it was courage. I think it actually was hope activated. Poe, Frost, Dickinson, and Mrs. H had unwittingly woken up the poet in me. And that hopeful poet was not about to go back to sleep. Mrs. H gave me another word, and I don't remember what it was now, but I wrote another poem on the spot. Mrs. H stood there as I wrote about the word that she gave me. I don't remember what that word is now, but as I wrote poem number two, I was confident. She watched me write. She watched me, and then she read what I wrote. She looked about as confused as I had when I had received the F, but she did say, it looks like I owe you an apology. And she apologized and said, go catch up with the rest of your class. There's still some time for recess. End of story. The F was retired to a A minus. I told you she was a tough teacher. But even more importantly, the title of cheater was replaced with poet. Hope once activated can cultivate amazing things. Hope can sort out the truth. Hope can carry people through hard times. Hope can help us through the chilliest lands and the sorest storms. P.S. It turns out that this introduction to Mrs. H was only a beginning in grade four. In time, Mrs. H would become one of the most influential teachers of my life. She taught me the importance of consistency and practice and honesty. Mrs. H inspired me to live in active hope. Two years later, after the end of sixth grade, my mom had to stop back to the elementary school to pick up some papers I needed to go to middle school. So I tagged along. I found Mrs. H sitting outdoors on a break. Who knew teachers had to work during the summertime? But this summer and this time was not like any summer I'd ever had. Just a few weeks before, my older sister had passed away after a long illness, and I was emotionally numb. 
Mrs. H saw me and asked me to come sit with her while my mom got the papers from the school office. Mrs. H did not have to ask me how I was. She just started to talk. Do you remember that F I gave you for the poem I thought you had stolen? I said, yeah, I remember. Why in the world would Mrs. H want to be talking about something that happened so long ago? But I listened, and she continued, I have a great respect for poetry. It is challenging work. I want to let you know that after my husband died several years ago, that's when I started to write my own poems. It helped me to put my feelings somewhere. Poetry helped me to heal after a hurt that was bigger and deeper than anything I'd experienced before. Does this make sense to you now, why I might have given you an F when I thought you stole that poem? Yes, Mrs. H, it did. And she continued, I know that you're in a hard place. You might have feelings that are bigger, wider than what you know what to do with. But can I make a suggestion? Yeah, please. Write it all down, all the feelings. Make them as poems for yourself and for your sister. Give those feelings a place to live, and there will start to be room for some other things. I think hope will help you. We sat on that bench in silence after Mrs. H. told me why she loved poems so much. Well, sort of silence as big tears of grief ran down my face. I cried that day because I was grieving the loss of my sister. But I also cried because what Mrs. H. said was true. Poetry was a safe place to hold all the feelings, and those feelings, the bad and the good, included hope. This relationship with Mrs. H. was a formative one for me. It helped me learn that I was a creative. It helped me to understand that all the feelings I had were a gift from God. Mrs. H. came into my life, I think, on cue from the Holy Spirit to introduce me to poetry and wake up the poet that was asleep. I call holy shenanigans on Mrs. H. Poetry, feathers, and all that homework. Some questions. Hope can be an action. Hope can be a poem. Hope can be a kindness of people caring for each other in big and little ways. On this first week of Advent, where hope is our focus, will you engage in active hope? Maybe this week I can give you a little homework. I think Mrs. H. would appreciate that. Get yourself a notebook and a pen or a pencil that you like to write with and take note of the glimmers of hope that you notice this week. For extra credit, try out your own hand by writing your own descriptive poem about hope and share it with us via email at holyshenaniganspodcast at gmail.com. Submissions of these poems all throughout Advent, and this week especially for hope, will be collected into a special Christmas edition of Holy Shenanigans Podcast Christmas 2020. More on this coming soon. And so, a poem for hope, feathers, homework, and the first week of Advent. Hope seems as light as a feather, but sparks all good deep things that are yet to come. Hope is a glimmer of light in the darkest night. Even in the midst of chaos, 
Hope is the growth of a fig leaf or a bud on the cactus plant, growing slowly to remind us that Jesus is nearby. As the solstice draws near, days grow darker and colder, and a single candle of hope shines. A single candle to wake us up to the promise given. A single candle to stoke the cooling embers of the heart. A single candle to give confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. A single candle to do heavy lifting and give us hope. My name is Tara, and this is Holy Shenanigans. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Unpredictable Spiritual Adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Until next time, remember the power of school teachers, poets, and hope, and that you have some homework to do. Don't forget to take note of those glimmers of hope that you see, write them down, and write a poem of your own based on hope. Get to it. I can't wait to read what hope means to you. Send your hope poems to holyshenaniganspodcast at gmail.com.